0: As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here Monday through Friday as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Uh, Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Uh, How how are my Daniel Fast crew doing on day four? Uh, But who's counting, right? This is good stuff for all of us. Hey, uh, I want to encourage some of you. If uh, if you're like, wait, what is this Daniel Fast? If you're new to hearing about it, um, if you're just like, oh, I well, I didn't start yet. Uh, I, I'm already behind. Well, never mind. I won't do it. Let me encourage you to go ahead and just jump in. Uh, to be part of it, to to um you it doesn't have to be 21 days. You can start now uh and and it's okay. We still have uh plenty of our guides and everything else. Um or maybe it's just hey the Lord's telling you I, I need you to give up something uh for a little while uh to to basically say are you truly believing in me over uh XYZ that you need in your life. Um, and so let me encourage you that if uh, if you have not started um, fasting in any way at all uh, during this time as a community, as a church, as a family, um, fasting together, uh, it just it brings so much blessing. Uh, so many stories of Daniel fast times uh, before of uh, breakthrough and blessing for people. Um, so let me encourage you there and all of you that are actually um uh, fasting right now. Keep it up. Let's go. We are doing it together uh, as a family, uh, as a church, and it is so, so good. Um, but anyway, all right, let's pray here in a minute. And then we are jumping in to Mark chapter nine, Mark chapter nine. Um, all right. And we've got, we've got a lot of other scripture we're going to jump into to kind of support some of uh, everything we're going to look at uh, there's a lot of different little topics in, in Mark 9 uh, as we look at that. But let's pray and let's dive into what God has for us today. Uh, Lord, we just, uh, we pray for you. We thank you. We love you. Um, our hearts are open for you. Our ears and our eyes are here to listen and to see you. Lord, we just pray that you um, you reveal to us what you have for us today in your word. Uh, reveal to us what you have um for us as as a lesson to take forward in our day uh, and forevermore. Lord, we just pray that you continue to be our teacher, be our guide, be the uh, one that we continue to look for, uh, be our rock in our lives. Lord, I surrender my tongue to you and that this message be your message and not mine, uh, that you be our teacher, including to me. Uh, So, Lord, we just pray and thank you. Send your spirit today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. All right. Let's go. Go ahead and get that good stretch in. Um, And let's get into Mark 9. Uh, I am reading out of the NLT, um, as I have been, and uh, we'll get into it. All right. Uh, This one's a little long. It's about 50 verses long, but that's okay. We'll we'll go through it and then we'll jump back and talk about it. Um, Verse one, Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth. Uh, Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' uh, appearance was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could make them. Uh, then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful us, for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, for uh, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Uh, he said this because he didn't really know what else to say, uh, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they (laughs) saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, they told them not to tell anyone uh, what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but uh, they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. I guess he wasn't clear and plain enough <laughs> in, in his speech, but um, then they asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get something ready, uh, yet why uh do the scriptures say to the son of man, um, say that the son of man mustn't suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they chose to abuse him, uh, just as the scriptures predicted. And we'll get into, uh, that right there, which is a little bit of John the Baptist study. And we'll get into that in a, here in a little bit. Um, When they returned to the disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is uh, all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd uh, spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son to you um, so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit uh, that won't let him talk. And whenever this uh, spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Uh, so, I talked into, so I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering uh, and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Mm. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Let me say that again. Anything is possible if a person believes. How many amens can I get out of that? <laughs> um. The father instant, uh, instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. We're going to talk about this right here in a little while. Uh, when Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers were growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, you uh, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into um, another violent convulsion and then left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, "He's dead." But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. After the afterward, uh, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, "Why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit?" Jesus replied this kind can be cast out only by prayer. I want you to note something. Some, If you're reading out of NLT, NIV, uh, ESV, some of these, they probably have a little asterisk right there, right? And at the bottom, it'll say, um, also some of the manuscripts also read by prayer and fasting. If you have the uh, New King James or King James or whatever, it probably adds and fasting in there. And that's a little bit of... Uh, discrepancy, and that's some church history kind of stuff uh, right there. Um, Verse 30, uh, leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know uh, he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, uh, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed uh, into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying. However, they were afraid to ask him what he meant. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place. Last place. And be the servant to everyone else. Then he put a little child among them, uh, taking the child in his arms. And he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. Uh, No one who performs uh, a miracle in my name uh, will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. Verse 42. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to... Uh, enter eternal life with only one hand than than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell uh, with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out, for everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. The word of the Lord. All right, long chapter. Woo! Long chapter but some good nuggets and all sprinkled all throughout uh different um, stories and events and things that we can learn from uh, at the very beginning we see the story of Jesus's Transfiguration where he uh, is presenting himself uh there to Peter and James and John uh this is also collaborated by Peter himself in one Peter or uh, excuse me two Peter uh, chapter 1 uh, 16 through 18. Uh, where he is in his letter, even writing about having seen and been uh, and how Jesus revealed the glory of himself to him. Um, so collaborating with this story right here. Um, he goes up on the mountain. He takes Peter, James and John. This is very very much still we see like the personality of god continuing on as we've seen in the past with definitely moses right moses is the only one that gets to go up uh in a lot of times or other times a few uh times he's able to take up aaron all right very select few people get to really see the fullness uh that is revealed to them of who jesus is um and this is, so this is very normal for him to uh, spe- specifically call certain people. Um, and we see that Elijah and Moses specifically are the ones that appear next to Jesus and having a small conversation with him. Um, don't know what they were saying, uh, but basically Peter is just freaked out. Peter's that dude in the crowd that, you know, he don't know, he don't know what to do. So he decides to open his mouth instead of everyone else just needs to shut their mouth. And he says something, trying to be respectful, trying to be honoring to not only Jesus, but the other two, uh, and saying, let's, let's pitch a tent for both of you to honor you guys. Uh, Basically three small tabernacles, if you will, in a way of like to all of them. And they're just like, uh and Mark is writing, saying um peter Peter just didn't know what to say, so but he decided instead of saying nothing like the other two he he spoke up and was. I'm sure and like the other two just like that's maybe I don't know why um the other two left and then just Jesus was there uh, I mean it was their time to go but I'm sure they just looked at Peter and was like, all right bro whatever and like uh that's my little comical relief uh of that in scenario of just seeing Moses and Elijah just like shaking their head at Peter and like walking off and like what a what a goober but um but we see this that Jesus is normally doing this that he uh he uh transfigures himself so that people can see him, Uh, but just very specific ones, right? And so there's, there is a level of um, certain people are chosen for specific uh, jobs and for specific things, right? Not all of us are Moses. Not all of us are King David. Not all of us are um, Peter or Elijah uh, or James or John, right? And so, we all have different specific duties within the body of Christ. And these two, uh, these three actually um, were part of that and getting to see that. Uh, and we get that collaboration from Peter in his own writings um, of that, which is just further evidence uh, that this is all going on. Um, I love this that, you know, in the Bible kind of, um, you know, interprets itself. We get to see these cross references of Peter. Um, I'm going to get into John the Baptist and we'll get into some cross references here uh, as it talks. Then um, and then the disciples in verse 11, then they asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Well, because that's what's written. That's what is uh, proclaimed in the Old Testament as to, to the timeline of when the Messiah is to come. Um, but these uh, teachers of religious law um, didn't really understand the signs of who is Elijah. Now, uh, Elijah is uh, is is and is not John the Baptist. All right, John the Baptist came with the spirit of Elijah, but he's not. Elijah Elijah is Elijah right and what uh, the Old Testament is trying to say is basically Elijah will return or otherwise his spirit will be on somebody that will pave the way for the Messiah which exactly is what John the Baptist did so if we turn to uh, Luke uh, chapter 1 right in verse 17 and uh, talking about the birth of John the Baptist he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah right there. Um, so John the Baptist is uh embodied with the spirit and power, otherwise the ministry, if you will, of Elijah paving the way for Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we see it there. We also see that, but here's here's what I love: John the Baptist is so ridiculously humble, uh, even about who he is in his own ministry. We go into John chapter one. Uh, and getting into, there's a conversation with the Pharisees with uh, John the Baptist. Are you the prophet we are expecting? He says, no. John the Baptist says, no. Verse 22, then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent uh, us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who uh, had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? Right. And then he goes into how he's baptizing with water, but he's paving the way for the one that will baptize you by fire. All right. So that otherwise Christ and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, he is so humble. He knows his mission. But guess what? I don't need to shout from the rooftops who I am. My actions alone should tell you. My um, demeanor should tell you. And guess what? I'm not going to be the one who raises me up, but my Lord will be the one that raises me up. My Lord will be the one that proclaims who I am and actually uh, what I am. And he didn't say, he didn't, he just says, no, I, I'm just, I'm doing what I'm told to do. I'm doing what I'm told to do. And these teachers of religious law, these um, astute people of the Old Testament, just could not get it through their thick skull by seeing what is going on and realizing that He's paving the way. That it was even proclaimed when uh, John the Baptist was even wasn't even born yet, but they still couldn't see that this was happening. Why? Will probably because. There's about four to six hundred years of basically almost uh, God being very quiet throughout the land of Israel. Throughout Judah and Israel, we saw, and this just harbored a lot of, they they just did not, they, they were blinded, basically, in being able to see what God is doing. But Jesus proclaims here, but I tell you the truth, Elijah has already come, and they chose to abuse him, just as the scriptures predicted. And as we know, John the Baptist was uh, put into prison, and then later beheaded, um, later beheaded, while Jesus was still in ministry. And so, um, all right, Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. Uh, going into verse 14, so now um, they have come down, the three of them, um, they're coming in, and they and they say, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large, large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. It's There's this constant, this Jesus can't get away from it. It's just people, uh, one, either loving and believing in him, immediately or people always questioning always questioning and there's just this level of how much is our how much of it do we have of unbelief we all need to kind of ask ourselves: Is where is my level of belief? What areas do I have unbelief? Because then we get into the part where even the disciples were trying to cast out this demon, and Jesus gets super frustrated. And then on top of it, the the boy of the uh, or the boy's father then also basically says, uh, "If you can, Jesus." Clearly, a statement of question. Clearly a statement of doubt. Clearly a statement of levels of unbelief in his heart. And guess what? All of us have levels of unbelief in our life. And I love his prayer that he he basically said to Jesus, Father, um, the Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Unbelief is so frustrating to God. And We see Jesus uh, being frustrated with this. Going back into verse 19, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you being, bring the boy to me then? Like, finally, like, you know, my disciples can't uh, do this
1: uh, deed. Uh, you just, your faith is so little. He just gets so frustrated there's just a level that almost God is saying, like, how much do I have to show you that I love you? How much do I have to show you that I can do things that you'll never understand? How much can,
0: how much do I have to do to get you to fully believe in me? And when we see this problem in humanity all throughout the Bible, one of the greatest miracles of the parting of the Red Sea. And these people still bicker and moan. This isn't even generations after. This was like the, when Israel's uh, doing their exodus out of Egypt. They go through the Red Sea by part, by God parting the waters. They get to the other side. And then it doesn't matter. Like, oh, that was cool. What's your next party trick? You know, like, like it's just so... Look, nobody parts waters, but God does. And yet these people—they're just, oh, I'm going to complain more. I don't—I want to do my own thing. I don't—I'm not really caring to follow God as hard as I should, and all of this, and and they go and make a golden calf, and all this kind of. Well, we'll make our own God because our God, I guess, isn't isn't that powerful? He parted the sea. Are you crazy? And this, again, this isn't like hundreds of years later, this is the generation, this is the eyewitnesses, this is the people that walked the ground through the Red Sea that was parted in walls of water. And they walked through this, their very bodies and mind watched all this, did it, experienced it, and then later they're like, eh, this God isn't good enough, let's make a golden calf. This is the, but this is the type we still live in. People like this today. We are still like who? Like I want you right now. If you have had an experience of God, if you have had a miracle in your life, if God has provided for you, if God has done something amazing in your life, will you put it in the comments right now? Will you just let people know of the faithfulness of our God? Let people know the goodness of our God. Tell people right now. So you must believe. You must hold on to your. Belief. Don't ever let this go. Don't ever let go of what God has done in your life. Don't ever let go of the scriptures that have proven themselves so much into what God is doing into your life. Do not let unbelief get to you. As we're going through this Daniel fast, this is something we need to hold on to is what is our belief? And God, help me. Let me cry out. I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. May we
1: overcome our unbelief in this season of fasting and prayer. May this unbelief in us go away. May there be spots
0: of doubt that just whittle away. Some people have a lot of um, unbelief because they're very analytical. They're very... um, they're very i need to know i need evidence they're they're like the types that love all of the murder mysteries and they need to see all of the the detective work they need to see all of what is going on uh they need to see all of the evidence that that really points to yes and no like uh, they're evidence-based people and and there's a level of like you know what uh, yeah. And that's okay. We got one of those disciples too, Downing Thomas, right? My man got the nickname for a one-time event in his life and forever in history, he's known as Downing Thomas. Uh, but my man got the evidence, right? He put his hands on Jesus. He put his hands into um, the side and touched the holes in, uh, in his hands and in his feet. And my man, of course, then gets You know, that one little one-liner that just sinks at the bottom of his heart.
1: Because you have seen, you believe, but blessed is those that have not seen, that believe. Blessed is those that have not seen, but believe.
0: So it's not wrong to want to see evidence. It's not wrong to dive into that. And there's goodness for that. There's goodness for uh, diving into, um, are the scriptures reliable? Uh, Where is all of this coming from? And and there's a lot of apologetic stuff in that. And a little mm, drop, I'm doing an apologetics group. Guess what? We're going to be reading uh, Case for Christ. Uh, that book and actually uh, watching that movie and all of the different evidences of why this faith is totally worth following as far as uh, scholastically
1: going and all of that. But blessed is those that have not seen, but do believe. And we see that.
0: um, So all of us have what is called salvation faith. We all have enough faith to be saved. But then there is also a spiritual gift of faith. There's a spiritual gift of faith. And this is where this would come in, uh, in handy actually uh, for the Father at this point. But um, uh, the Holy Spirit hadn't come uh as he does in, in Acts. Uh, but it's it's found in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 in the list uh, of uh spiritual gifts uh, of faith that Having this explosive amount of faith is actually a spiritual gift given by the Holy Spirit. Um, It's that above and beyond uh, of just having salvation faith for your soul. It's that above and beyond that faith that gets other people through things, that faith that uh, believes in the impossible, that faith that gets uh, people and whole communities through things.
1: And they're able to then also come to faith because of an explosive amount of faith. And so that's what I would say. If
0: there's unbelief in your life somewhere, if there's unbelief anywhere in your heart that you're just like, you know, I have a I struggle with this or I struggle with the idea of this. I, I struggle with why God says this, I'm whatever the unbelief is. Would you pray for that spiritual gift of faith? Will you pray for that for your life? Will you pray for that uh, to be? And so that we have a church of just faith-filled, spirit-filled people that are just explosive with faith, that is explosive with understanding, that is explosive with uh, wisdom from the Lord, that is just saying, wow, That and we are encouraging others, we are building others up, and we are just moving mountains with faith. And that we're not sitting there having God say, you faithless people. May that never be any of us. May that never be any, uh, any of us here at Fusion Church or anywhere else that you're listening uh, from. And say that you faithless people, how long must I be with you? May we be those that are full of faith that are filled with the Spirit, that are continuing to just want more and see more of what God is going to do in our lives and in other people's lives as well. May we
1: just continue to go further into that. So much so that we're casting out demons. And that we're casting out demons in people. That we see people
0: coming into healing and faith that are coming into salvation faith, that are coming into uh, further understanding and deeper walk with Christ because of collectively discipling each other through faith. And however that looks, maybe um, as we're getting closer, uh, coming up on the 22nd uh, of this month, we'll uh, be opened up for uh, our new Connect Group semester. Uh, And so that's also an area, maybe uh, a different Connect Group, maybe freedom is something you need to jump into. Um, uh, Even if you've done it before, maybe there's still something you got to churn out, uh, right? Maybe it's uh, jumping into another faith building uh, Connect Group. Maybe it's joining Pastor John. John's Bible study. Maybe it's joining um, uh, the our Case for Christ group. Maybe it's joining for uh, any of these other amazing groups. Maybe it's experiencing God. Maybe it's something else you need to jump into to help grow your faith. Maybe it's even community. Maybe it's joining one of these many other groups that are just in community. And that's what pretty much all of them are going to do, regardless of the topic, is have that community.
1: And so that's what I say. Where is it that you need more faith today? Where is that? And I love the stories
0: coming in of how God has been faithful, how God has been their provider, how uh, God has been their healer, how God has been uh, their miracle.
1: I love that. There we go. So with that, as we kind of close, I want to say, where's your unbelief?
0: Where do you need to pray today for greater faith? Where does the Holy Spirit need to fill your heart even more? And maybe it's it's not something that needs to happen immediately, but maybe it's like one of those, man, what group do I need to join uh, to help me overcome that? What group do I need to join to help me uh, get further
1: and deeper in my faith and my walk with Christ? Where is it that I'm still questioning? And I pray
0: that you don't just run away from it or hide that, but that you can go face first into figuring that out, working that out, praying that out, fasting through that. May that be your prayer through this the rest of this fasting period as well is to overcome that area of unbelief in our lives.
1: May we cry out to our Lord, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you
0: for all that you uh, are doing in our hearts and our lives. I thank you for all of these stories of Um, where you have been faithful in people's lives, where you have been their miracle worker, where you have been their healer, where you have um, just done the impossible. Lord, may we not lose sight of what you've done in our lives. May we not lose sight of what you've done uh, in history. May we not lose sight of uh, who you are and what you do. May we not uh, hold you to our timeline, but may we uh, hold fast to yours. Lord, I just pray right now that whoever is dealing with uh, doubts and issues or uh, a level of unbelief or uncertainty, Lord, I just pray for uh, your Holy Spirit to fill them right now. Fill them with uh, 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 the gift of faith. Fill them with uh,
1: uh, the gift of uh, uh, just undeniable truth in you, faith in you. May you just be our rock today. May you be our rock forever.
0: May we not get swayed uh, by the different winds of this world, but may we stay firm on your word. May we stand firm on your promises. May we stand firm on the truth of who you are and your love for us. Lord, I just pray for everybody on this call and everybody that is listening later on. I pray a blessing over all of them and their families. Continue to be with them and watch over them and guide them in your will. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. Have a good one, everyone. Love you all. Take care. God bless
1: and see you this Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Talk to you later.